Merry Christmas to all of BYU Sports Nation. Our gift to all of you, albeit a day late, is a holiday best of spectacular. Coming up, a star-studded lineup of guests, Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young, the winningest quarterback in BYU history, Max Hall, and the all-time leading rusher, Jamal Williams. Don't forget a special Boxing Day edition of Big Deal, No Deal. Of course that's a big deal. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation broadcasting in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, December 26th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. Hope you enjoyed a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Spencer Christmas. Spencer Linton teamed up with the largest who in Whoville, Jerem Jordan. Huh? I, I am happy to sport my uh, BYU Christmas, ugly Christmas sweater. But it's not ugly at all. That's it's the just thing. a Christmas sweater. Yes, it is a Christmas. You can't say anything that has Sailor Coog on it is ugly, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> is there neon blue? That's, that's kind of what's going on here, I think. <laughs> It's, it's great. It is very blue, isn't it? Yeah, Christmas, my favorite holiday. Yeah, by love the way, how, how, it. Love it. how was Christmas? It was amazing. It like always it. is, right? I kind of like it being on a Sunday, too. I, it, like, I like it. The best thing about Christmas for me right now is watching kids open presents. It is hilarious. Yeah, it's, hilarious. Yes, it's better than opening your own present. I love it. Like, yeah, it's a magical experience. It really is. So as I fun as it. it is to get presents, like watching little yeah. ones open presents and your kids, oh. It, uh, absolutely. It, and it we have so kids fun. under five, so it's an amazing experience. Yeah. Hey, something that uh, would have made a great gift would be Steve Young's book, QB, My Life Behind the Spiral. In fact, that's what I gave to my parents. No joke. Nice. Steve joined us a while back in studio to talk about his biography, BYU football, and his kicking ability. You'll see what we mean in just a minute. Here's Steve Young on BYU Sports Nation. I should have done what Trent did. He opted out. You know, he's like, I'm not going to do that. His shirt was too tight. <laughs> that was funny. But so that, at least, it, okay, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but but what happened is I was going to, I'd hit one before. So, uh, and by the way, Randy had like dress shoes that were flat, like the old, you know, Tom square Dempsey. Toe. Square toe. Uh, like the Tom Dempsey uh-huh. square yeah. toe. Okay. And so, I was like, that's not fair, first of all. And then so I hit the first one. I'm like, okay, but it didn't go as far as Moss's one. So I was like, I got to let this rip. So I go to let it rip, and I hit a divot that far ahead of the ball and then dig in and then almost fall down. I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> is going to be – you know, because immediately you think to yourself, oh, this is bad, yeah. right? Because you – and you don't realize there's – few million people <laughs> <laughs> and then you get asked about it the next day oh yeah. dang so so during the pregame show you talked to, in come on man about johnny linehan's play which was funny and i thought it was good that you did it because yeah. it was going to be i had discussed. to do it because yeah. otherwise because it gave me a shout out to uh uh kalani and and like how i feel about it i was like look these are my boys my luck i know you guys want to lean in you guys are like you know but Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. You, there's, there's aggressive and I then there's it. that. But I love but it. But I was like, what was super funny, right? It's fourth and 19, right? You're thinking, yeah. this is going to, he's going to run for 40 because everyone's going to disappear, right? I'm sure that's what the thought was. And to have him just mauled. <laughs> barely, the two yard line. Well, what he should have done is not come out. You right? Don't come out and get tackled at the two. 
Yeah. Well, amazingly, <laughs> like just stay in. Like, yeah. like uh, yeah. if I'm not going to make 19, just stay. Don't there. come out of the end zone. Just give up two and move on. Amazingly, <laughs> Boise State gets a penalty, gets backed up, kick, kicks a field goal, and misses it. I know. So, so there was zero it, points. It, it zero points. That's why it was so funny. Oh, it was great. Goodness. Steve Young is with us in Studio B as part of BYU Sports Nation. Uh, you're promoting a brand new book, QB, My Life Behind the Spiral, and you're very busy. What's your life going to be like over the next few weeks promoting nope, this book? That's it. This is actually, uh, um, there's a, one more signing at Desert Book, and I think that's kind of it. Oh, no, there's one, uh, there's a book signing coming up in, uh, in a, Next week, next week, end of next week in Gilbert, in Arizona. Gilbert Arizona. Thanks for the yeah, tip. You're you welcome. Like, help, me out. help Steve out. He's a little older. <laughs> Come <you know>. on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, but no, that the, the the heavy work is over, and uh, and it really wasn't that bad. It was fine, and um, and it's been fun. It's actually I've gotten where I've stepped into the shoes of an author. Like I I started like oh well I don't know, and I'm like yeah I got a book. It's good. Yeah, and I, I'm an author. I do it. Yeah, yeah that's and, how I roll. And we've talked to Jeff Benedict for a couple of years now and had a good relationship with him uh, who, who helps you write this. And, and he told us about it uh, a few years ago. Right. When did you decide, okay, this is something that I'm okay with the public knowing? Because it was originally like a, a memoir for your family. Right. right. So then once, uh, I'd say a year ago, um, my good friend Bob Gay, who put Jeff and I together, got a copy of it. And he read it, and he goes, Steve, you got to publish it. I'm like, there's no way. I'm, there's, I'm not doing it. I, I don't know. It just wasn't in my mind. And then a few months later, he saw me again. He's like, you got to publish it. Mm. And he gave that look like, you know it's going to happen, so just let's do it. <laughs> and so that got it started, and we started talking about it. And so what really happened is my wife, Barb, she realized, oh, my gosh, this is going out. So she's the kind of person that's like, it has to be perfect. It has to be your voice. And so Jeff and I had talked a lot. And I'd done a lot of the work, but it wasn't like, Steve, that doesn't sound like you. And so she went through page by page, like, that doesn't sound like you. You've got to say this in your word, like, exactly how you would say it. And so we spent, Jeff and I and Barb were, like, at the kitchen table. It seemed like a long, a lot of year, hours going through it and getting it kind of revised and edited. And that's when I got, uh, I knew it was happening and I got more comfortable. And I realized, you know what, people say, well, do you want to change anything? Because, you know, what you give your kids. And I'm like, no. Like, let's either do this or don't do it. And um, so we, I don't, we didn't change a word. And uh, we changed, I changed a lot of it that I'm going to hand to both of them. But I didn't change one from the other with my kids. Or, but I really got started on this, like you said, to my kids would come home and say, Dad, I just heard this story about you and Joe Montana. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> and so I kept, I, I kept saying, it kept happening. And I, and, and I said, I need to write it down because otherwise my kids who are not affiliated with it uh, will never know what, the, what my story is. And that just led to all kinds of things like what it was like to grow up and play, you know, just all the life lessons. It started to become that kind of a book. Mm-hmm. And by the time it went, you know, got published, the great thing about it is we added this last chapter that connected the kids and my family and Barb getting married and us having kids and that last, that, you know, and... and and retiring, and so like the kids were helping with the cover, and they were helping the and Barb was doing the, the title, and so it was like a what I started was to make it for the family, and what it ended, was kind of like brought us together. So I, that's, I, cool. I, that's a good thing, good thing. Understandably, some very personal and emotional stuff in there, and we both really enjoyed uh, reading that. And so that said, is there a most emotional part of the book that you you can pinpoint and say, wow, yeah, I can't believe that's in there. Hmm. Well, um, the car accident is 
a place that I had never really talked about ever. But certainly if I was going to tell my story to my children, I was going to tell that story, that part of it. Um, I don't think that people, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I was in Salt Lake City until second grade and before we moved to Connecticut. Uh, I didn't go to school in first grade. At the beginning of the season, my parents go, well, you got to go to school. I go, I'm not going. And I didn't understand why I didn't want to go. But what it was, and at you know, 30 years later in my life, I found out it was like this separation anxiety, this genetic thing that's actually in my mom's family, up, you know, sprinkled around. And how that informed my whole life because I didn't want to go to first grade. Or I, when my parents, you know, I remember vividly Meadowmore Elementary School in Cottonwood. My dad picked me up after school. I can still f- smell, see, hear the, the, on, the, on the radio as big, big girls don't cry. And I'm like, yeah, big boys do. Because I'm wailing because he's taking me over to my aunt's house in Sandy because they're leaving town. And I'm, I'm like distraught. I'm like, and that weekend was one of the worst weekends of my life. Mm. And so looking back, you know, like, then the life goes on, you know, like, but how it affected that anxiety kind of hung around. For a lot of my, you know, coming to college, I didn't unpack my bag. I was at Helaman Halls the whole first semester. My bag never got unpacked. Hmm. Every day I was like, I'm going home. I'm going home. And I'd make it another day. And that's how you do it. You just, you make it another day. And by the time I went home at Christmas, I remember going home like, I can't wait to get home. I get home. And all of a sudden I was like, oh no, home's back there. Like I was set. Like I'd made the transition. And, uh, and now Provo was my home. You know, but then I get signed to the USFL, and that's part of the story too. I'm like, uh, I can't. I'm stuck. My dad has to come pack my stuff. Yeah. I'm the forty million dollar man. He has to pack my stuff. He says we got to go. And I'm like, I can't. Oh, I can't do it. And that's that story of George Curtis. The, the mm-hmm. I don't know if you read, yep. where he. I mean, I'm going to start crying. I do this all the time now because it's these things are now such a part of. I don't. I haven't told these stories very often. Where he picks me up. He's the guy that picks me up at the airport to say, and I'm. I tell him. Uh, Mr. Curtis, I just want you to know, I don't. I, we're, this isn't going to work. I mean, I was kind of these. Con- I had this crazy idea that I was just going to cancel the contract. You know, like I um, <laughs> go back to BYU and you know, for, that would have made the uh, news for the, as well for the sixth year. Yeah, I made the news <laughs> as well. That would have yeah. been, been something. Way, yeah. But then you know, so it's fun. I don't know what your original question was. Off that was some of the stuff. Oh, that, that was, was the answer. The, yeah. emo- yeah. the emotional part of the book. And, sure. and there are a ton of these stories in this book. If you're a BYU fan, you have to have this book. I've really enjoyed reading this uh, and getting to know you on another level, right? That you've shared publicly. What I want to know is what story or idea were you close to putting in but didn't quite make the cut? Because I imagine there was a lot of material to uh, sift through in your life. You know, I, I tried to, I tried to everything that I was important to me or that affected how I, what my next move was, you know, and then some funny ones, things that were, I mean, there's a lot of goofball things that, you know, hijinks between, but I included some of those too, just Joe Montana and I, you know, chaining all the bikes up at training camp, you know, when people come out from (laughs) night meetings, you know, or, uh, you know, just goofball stuff. But so even some of the goofy things, but I just tried to think of the things that I would want my kids to know. You know, what, 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 what do you want your kids to know about that part of your life? What is useful, informative to them? And that's kind of was my, was my guide. Did you learn anything new about yourself through this whole process? Yeah, that's a great question because, uh, first of all, we dug up a lot of stories that I'd forgotten. That was, a, that was a, the hidden gem of the, this process for me was 
things that I had uh, kind of put, they'd happened and I just put them on a shelf or something. I didn't remember them. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's such an important story to the narrative. Uh, so that that part uh, uh, was really important to me. Um, and trying to, to me, figuring out um, what I would put in, what I'd kick out, what I would, uh, what was important. I don't know. I just was a, it was a process that uh, I, I really loved. And now having it out, having people respond to me and in almost like friendship, like the, one of those writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, he called me to do an interview. He goes, I, I couldn't do my first job. I had anxiety. I couldn't, I was like, we're brothers, you know, we're in this <laughs> together. Like it was just, it's funny all of a sudden by doing this, you bring yourself to a place where people can feel connected to you. Mm-hmm. I, I think I really enjoy that. I think that's fun. When you look at uh, this whole process, um, how emotional was it? Had highs, lows, reliving a lot of this? Right? No, I didn't. I, 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 um, a lot of it was uh, blocking and tackling. Like, like it, I knew that I wanted my kids to have this. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're doing this because I'm sick of the stories, right? So we're going to – so a lot of it was just <laughs> get it. Um, but I was also very interested in making sure that I got to all – like we de- we went deep into – talked to a lot of the teammates and a lot of association and friends and family and people that, that I had never gone back. Like – there was a, a family, Doug and Barbara Sher, who was a, were assigned to me at, at freshman at BYU as a as my host family, and so you got to go over there and eat, you know dinner, and you'd get to if you needed something you could go, and and they were a really big part of my life, but I never. But then I started playing and we moved on, and they were friends, but we never really got a chance to talk through like what did what do you remember about what was fun what what was your what was your take on all that and it was. To have Doug like, well, this is how we saw you. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I love hearing that. Like, I probably wouldn't have mattered back then, but today was kind of neat. Steve Young with us in Studio B, part of BYU Sports Nation. He is on a book tour right now, QB, My Life Behind the Spiral. Uh, you can get this a bunch of different ways. But, Steve, what's, what's so, the best I way mean, to So, I mean, Desert Book is this? the place in Utah to, to grab it. Obviously on Amazon. I mean, you know, one click away, just grab it. Uh, I'd deliver it to you if I could, but I can't, <laughs> can't quite pull that off. Just but, throw uh, it for country five thousand dollars. Steve Young will show up at your house and deliver can, it to you. I can spiral it to you. <laughs> um, you mentioned Kalani Satake and BYU uh, last night on Monday Night Football. Um, what what have you seen from this team that you've liked and kind of this this new coaching staff? It's a gritty group. I mean, from the first game, I, you could feel the emotion. You could feel that it wasn't just. Uh, emotion for emotion's sake, there was there was substance to it. There was a camaraderie. There's a feeling that we're going to be we're going to we're going this is going to be okay. And so, despite the fact that there were some fits and starts, think about everything that's happened this year. I mean, there's some tough moments down by a touchdown in Salt Lake City, and what do you do? You answer. Now look, we can say, well, two one. I mean, we answered. We've answered it all year long. We're a gritty group. Last week in Boise State, that's a tough environment. Continually answered, found ways. It's not always the same solution every week. It's not like, oh, we have a one, we have a one-trick pony, and that's what we're going with. We're, like, we're, gonna, we're collecting a lot of stuff. I think you, the, the idea that we're leaning in and we're gritty is going to attract a lot of talent. They're going to go out and recruit off of what I think I, think I, I feel from, from the team and from Kalani and, and obviously Ty and the rest of the staff. And I just think they're going to give them a couple of years to go recruit off of this, what they're building. They're going, to get some, they're going to get some guys to come. I mean, they're going to really want to be here. You still have plenty of time to tease Ty Detmer, though, right? 
About which thing? About the two out-of-bounds stakes he calls for legs? <laughs> <laughs> you should hear Jerem do his impersonation. It's actually pretty good. Uh, we're just going to run the ball with Taysom. Uh, just go up the middle, and uh, we'll see what happens. Give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Van Noy was traded to the Patriots. What's your reaction to that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, car, the, the, the heavens have parted. I mean, Detroit's fine. Um, but you can get you can get stuck there and, and you know get a new start and and the fact that the fact that the Patriots want him he should take that as if I remember when the when the Forty Nineers called you in in 1987 or 1994 it was it meant more than someone else calling you because they they could take anybody and the fact that they can see potential in you that maybe you don't see in yourself something that you can do that others might not appreciate um, that's a for Kyle, it's a dream come true to find that that place. And now, if he can make it there, uh, you have the great platform to do some phenomenal things. And by the way, he's going to get a Super Bowl ring this year, so that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> get the playoff bonus as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to ask a, a kind of a two tiered question here. And the first tier is: um, if you were coaching Taysom Hill and um, Tanner Mangum right now, what what would you say to these guys taking over a pro style offense underneath Ty Detmer? Well, first of all, trust Ty. I remember I was in my 13th or 14th year. Ty was my teammate. He had joined the 49ers, and I'd come off the field, and you know Ty, and you probably should do this uh, for me. But he's like, Shreve, you know, uh, did you watch the safety? You know, I'm not doing it very You're doing it better than me. I'm like, did he chip his tooth, Steve? What happened there? <laughs> that, was like, that was like a – like, I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, okay. He's got, anyway, little, he's got a little whistle there. He got the whistle. Yeah. Anyway, we'll go. We'll go back to my voice on that one. But uh, he said, well, "Did you track the safety?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but you know, what did you, you know?" And so he was. Here's a kid that you know, five, six, seven, eight years younger than me, didn't play nearly as much, and he's he's telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm like, "You're right." And so I, the, he, he's he's one of the, one of the most intuitive football players I ever met. He understood the the nuances of of the of the position in a way that n- very few do. So when when we were talking about coaching and I was trying to make some, I was like, we gotta have Ty, Ty's gotta come. And they're like, well, he's stuck down there and he loves ranch and you know, <laughs> get him because I just really believed in his his just innate nature and call and I I would love him to be the guy that calls my plays. Uh, and so I would tell both those guys, uh, Tanner and Taysom that. Look, just trust him, first of all. If, you, if he's saying something, make sure you, you do it. And then also, um, chal- I mean, in many ways, Ty will go as fast as you can go. Like if, he tr- if Ty trusts you, if you can build that trust with him, he'll, you want to throw the ball, then show him that you can be trusted. If you want to you know, roll out, you, wanna, but, you know, I think Ty's the kind of guy that he's a heady dude. He's not somebody he's – three, he's three plays ahead – and so he, I think he needs to build that sense of trust. So you've got to earn that. You've got to go out there and study harder than anybody. Ty was the kind of guy that had everything memorized three times over. He had every nuance, every, every position, every blitz, every formation. And so you've got you to do the work. And I think uh, I would love to be coached by Ty Detmer. I kind of was. Uh, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> now, second part of that question, Steve, is will you ever coach at any point in your life? It's the, the time commitment is incredible, and there's no way with uh, 
and, and the way I have, you know, the way our, my life is today, there's no way. But I love talking about the game, and I will tell anyone who wants to ask me questions, you know, I'll tell you my opinion and you like help where I can. You like kicking field goals. See, stop. got <laughs> <laughs> it. Because, you know, it really is sad. It really hurt. I could see pain. There were some people last night that's, that were at the game who watched it live, and you could see that they were pained. It was like, oh. <laughs> oh, you know, your legacy your legacy is dead but yeah. I'm willing to risk it yes. for fun that's right for nothing for real Jaron that Ty Detmer impersonation is getting really good Jamal's gonna run the ball y'all he's better than have a chip tooth impersonation <laughs> whistle Steven John Steven Young all timer coming up BYU's all time leading rusher Jamal Williams looks back Jamal. on his BYU football career Jay Swag Daddy Merry Christmas BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Merry Christmas to all of you. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. all of you, a good night. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Wait, it's the morning or afternoon, depending on where you're watching this. Remember, coming up Thursday, BYU Hoops begins West Coast Conference play. It's on, baby. Season number two. BYU plays Santa Clara, who the Cougars have never lost to in West Coast Conference play. That's the only team BYU's never lost to. 9 Eastern time, coming up Thursday night. Jamal Williams, at Daddy will leave BYU as the school's all-time leading rusher. And with his personality and swag setting him apart as one of our classic favorite interviews, oh, yes. naturally we had to bring this to our Best of BYU Sports Nation Christmas special. In Studio B, following the Utah State game to look back at what has been an unbelievable career for so many reasons, Jamal Williams on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, Jamal, 8-4 and four this season under Ty Detmer and his new offense, and uh, it's been a record-setting season for you in more than one way. Uh, when you look back at eight wins and four losses and 12 regular season games, uh, what comes to mind? Hmm, 12 regular season games? Eight wins, four losses, and they bad, you know? Uh our expectations is still higher than what we, you know, what we wanted to do. But it's still great to be eight wins, four losses in, and and go to a bowl game too for your last year. So I'm just grateful for it. I'm grateful for the team working hard for this last year for the seniors, and you know, just trying to make this season work for us. Now that the regular season's over, when you look back at the four games you lost, which is wild, right? You're mm. never blown out of any game. You win every single game. Eight points inside of those four games. What emotion comes to mind when you think about those four? Just frustration because we always losing by one, two, three points, you know. So we just need to get over that hump of making close games and, and make sure we win in those close games. And um, I have no doubt in the future that they're going to do it next year and in the years going on that these close games going to turn into wins for us. Jamal Williams, the all-time leading rusher at BYU, is with us in Studio B Jamal. as part of BYU Sports Nation. What was your favorite part about your senior night against Utah State? Huh, my favorite part. I had a lot. I got too many parts, honestly. Probably coming down in, down in the tunnel, hearing my name, and seeing my family, everybody there with um, their signs and just being out there supporting me. And uh, all it could do is just make me smile and, and – just be grateful for all the times I've had playing in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, man. It's just great. It's a blessing. Um, thank God every day for it. And um, I'm just grateful to be able to play with my brothers one last time in Lavelle Stadium. 
We're all grateful you came to BYU. I mean, that, the fact that you came here was fantastic. What you did here was fantastic. Uh, what are some of your memories from this season where you set the all-time uh, rushing record at BYU in a game and a career? Hmm. My favorite. Hmm. It's probably when Nick was, was blocking. Nick was blocking his butt Toledo. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blocking his butt off. I was like, come on, Nick. Hold it, <laughs> Hold it for me, boy. <laughs> I was right behind him. I was pushing over everything I could. But it's probably that was probably my favorite because it's just I just love seeing my wide receivers blocking for me and um it just it made me feel great. It made me know that we've been working hard, it made me see that we're selfless and we'll do anything for each other and that's that's one thing I really love the most is wide receiver blocking is the probably the best thing I've ever seen besides my lineman blocking all the time. So just seeing wide receivers go down there and, and keep blocking and, and doing whatever they can for us to score. Yeah, that's my boy. See, he, he did it. That touchdown was because of him. So most of them, you know, it's because it's of the teammates. It's because your teammates blocking and doing whatever they can to put their bodies on the line for you to get in the end zone. It's been an unforgettable ride with the most dynamic rushing duo in BYU football history between yourself and Taysom Hill. And, uh, man, we've run the full gamut of emotions uh, with you to the highest of highs and then disappointing season-ending injuries. Unfortunately for Taysom, uh, he hurt himself again against Utah State on Saturday night. Um, but aside from that injury, what will you remember about uh, the legacy of Taysom Hill at BYU? Oh, you know, he's just a natural-born leader. He's um, a great athlete. And this year, <laughs> I know him for being a high flyer, you know. I was like, every game, he's going to give me one of him jumping up, jumping over, trying to jump over somebody. <laughs> so I was like, every game, I know it's coming, you know. <laughs> so that's my boy. And, um, he's just fearless, you know. He, he goes out there, he puts his body on the line, and that's what we do. We We go out there and we do whatever we can for our teammates. And... We may pay for it after the game, feeling sore and everything, but it's always worth it. It's always worth getting that W and doing whatever you can for your brothers. Now there's a unique situation where we have one game where we kind of bridge the gap from the old guard to the new guard. You and Tanner Mangum uh, get to start a game. What, what have you seen from Tanner Mangum this week that makes you confident you, get, you guys can keep it going on up? No, oh, Tanner's Tanner. Tanner can do it, do whatever it comes to his mind, and um, he just has the talent. He's worth it. He's worth everything he's been putting in, and this opportunity for him to start the game is a, a good one for him, and it's just getting him ready for next year, you know, to be the the leader for, for now on. And uh, I love him. I've been with him. He came in with me when we was freshmen, and I think the first time I seen him was when he was in the Under Armour game. And I was like, I was like, he going to BYU? This is somebody in the Under Armour game going to BYU? <laughs> <laughs> and then I see who it was. I'm like, oh, it's it's Tanner, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I was starstruck first time I saw Tanner when we first came in. I was like, bro, you was in the Under Armour game? Like, you real? You, <laughs> you real? You know, he's the realest thing from Eagle, Idaho, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now I'm the I'm the old one, and he's still here. You know what I mean? So it's just um, I'm grateful to be able to play with him for my last game, and for him to start the game. So I'm gonna do whatever I can to make sure he's protected, make sure he can get his throws off, and do whatever he can for us to win the game. It has been uh, fascinating and really fun to watch BYU Sports Nation embrace you and your mom and your sister and your entire family because of what you've meant uh, to BYU. 
But how is it from your end? Like if you were to explain BYU and your experience here to somebody that is kind of wavering on BYU or maybe somebody in your specific scenario that's not LDS, uh, that is African-American, what would you say to them about uh, coming to BYU? Mm, tell them it ain't. It ain't the same as you being home. It ain't. Uh, it's not going to be the same as you being home. It's a different environment, different culture, and you're just going to honestly – you're just gonna have just adapt and keep an open mind, you know. Uh, you know, you may not have to convert or nothing, but it's it's good to know, you know, the culture about the LDS and everybody. So, I mean, I know more than more, plenty enough about the LDS culture to to join and everything. But that my decision is, I'm fine with where I'm at and I'm comfortable with it, and I'm grateful for people here to take me for who I am and know that. Um, I love being here. I love the people here. Um, they make sure you're good, make sure you know that you care for and people care for you. So, and when you come here is, you know, they put the rules on you, but it's, it's for a good, you know, a good cause. It's things you should be doing even before, but it's things that helps you become a man, helps you mature better, makes you a better person inside, you know, and I think that's one of the things because I've already had those type of things already being raised by my mom and everybody be respectful to elders and do whatever I can for people and just having a good heart and to have people on my team who, you know, being LDS, they automatically have good hearts and being on a great team that that's hungry on the field, we're nasty, we mean on the field, but we always trying to kill people with kindness, you know, helping people off the helping people off the floor giving our gloves to people, you know, going out our way. So I think, honestly, um, the best thing about being here is you learn how to be selfless. You learn how to be for other people, striving for other people, and wanting to help other people. So if, you know, you're wavering about coming here or going somewhere else, um, this place will give you more things to help you in your life long down the road than just playing football. There were lots of conversions, Jamal. They were just on uh, first, second, third, and fourth down. I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like him. You've heard it a lot here. Um, Switching uh, topics to a more serious one. What's it been like for you and the running backs and the team uh, during this process with with Elsie Mahe? You know, it hurts. You know, it's family and... um, you know, you just do whatever you can to to stay strong, and just hearing from Reno and Sonny and knowing how they feeling about it, and they gave me their feelings and the running backs, you know, their thoughts about everything. And um, honestly, they they're doing better than than me because uh, it, you know, it hurts me more, but I know it's hurting them. But they came to peace with it, and I'm. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that they are handling it better, and whatever I can to to help them is is second to none. I'll be there first thing, and I'm just grateful to be part of the family. Grateful for them to to be part of my family and to do whatever they can for us. And I'm just you know I'm just grateful for them, and I love them all. I love them, and I'm just grateful for God for putting them in my life. Um, this year and without this year uh, without them shoot it's just been you know 
a real bland year because they really put some some spark in my life this year and they showed me how family is and you know there's seven of them and I love them all just like my little brothers and sisters and seeing them at the games and everything and soccer games going to soccer games with them you know so it's just it's just great to have them as a family and just let them know that we here for them we're strong for them whatever they need we got them and um just love them hey, amen to that jamal we uh we appreciate the time and all you've done for byu and uh everything you've done for byu sports nation as well and for jeremy and myself um we've had fun jamal yeah i we've never had, had i never had fun with you guys <laughs> It's going to be tough to one-up him ever as an interview on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, and the swag and the amount of yards. Someone will break that record one day. That's the point of records. But the 286, five-touchdown performance oh, against Toledo. The night of nights for Jamal Williams. That was so fun. So that's the easy one to remember on the field. But off the field, what will be your His lasting swag. memory of Jamal? Dan- dancing, playing catch with the fans <laughs> before the game. Sorry, left-handed. He's left-handed. So much personality there. We Obviously, we love personality, and he is one of the biggest personalities ever at BYU. We're going to miss him. That is for sure. Jamal, you're always welcome in Studio B. I haven't cried about it or anything. We, we might. We might. Up next, the Wolt, the mm. winningest of all time quarterback at BYU. Max Hall joins BYU Sports the Nation. Wolt. <laughs> Portions of BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. We welcome you back to our best of Christmas special. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision on BYU Radio simulcast on BYU TV. The West Coast Conference uh, play for BYU starts Thursday night on BYU TV, 9 Eastern Time. BYU and Santa Clara, the only team BYU's never lost to. People are like, don't jinx it! BYU's not losing to Santa Clara Thursday night in the Marriott Center. It's not happening. No. Are they 10 and 0 all time or 12 and 0 all time? I think it's 500 and 0 actually. Yeah, something it like that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the Woat, winningest of all time BYU quarterback. I love it. Max Hall joined us a week before the Poinsettia Bowl to talk about the bowl game, but that is far from everything we discussed, including why Max is a better quarterback than John Beck. <laughs> a fantastic in-game story about the BYU Utah rivalry, touchdowns, and hey bro, a burrito? Max Hall on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, the bowl games in San Diego, last time we chatted about uh, you working out a lot, do you have that beach body ready that you've been uh, talking to us about? You guys, you guys kill me. You know, <laughs> you guys, you guys. This is all I'm going to say is that the morning of the, of the bowl game, to get ready, I am going to take the 130-pound dumbbells for a ride on the incline. <laughs> you guarantee that, okay? Yes. Settle up. <laughs> Facebook Live that, Max. We all need to partake in that. For a ride. <laughs> what do you think about BYU? Yeah, I don't know if that's going on Facebook. Okay. All right. Well, we can talk about that more later. In the meantime, let's talk about sure. BYU and Wyoming. They're playing for the first time in six years and matching up in a bowl game. What do you think about the matchup with the Cowboys? You know, I I think it's great. You said it was uh, six years since the last time that BYU Wyoming's played, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's always that's always been kind of a little bit of a rivalry game between uh, BYU and Wyoming. So for them to meet in a bowl game after six years, I think is going to be. I think it's going to be a high intensity game. I think Wyoming's really going to want to want to beat BYU and. Um, so I think it's going to be fun. I think it's a great matchup. Wyoming's got a good team this year. You know, BYU's got to come to play, and it should be a should be a good game. 
The context was different in many ways, but I want to uh, look at the 08 uh, Vegas Bowl against Arizona. That was an Arizona team with Rob Gronkowski and his brother. They were hungry. They were in a bowl game for the first time in a while, and that was something that uh, you had to be prepared for. What kind of difference did that make playing a team that was really, really excited to be there that year, like Wyoming this year? Yeah, no, it, it makes a huge difference. And uh, that junior year, we just came off a off of a, a loss to Utah, a pretty bad loss to Utah. And so it was hard for us. I think, uh, you know, that affected us going into the bowl game while U of A came in, like you said, hungry, ready to go. And, you know, to their credit, they outplayed us, and they beat us in the bowl game. So BYU definitely needs to stay focused, stay hungry, and come in with a mindset to win the game um, and not get caught up in all the other bowl game stuff that is very easily to get distracted by because you can guarantee Wyoming and those boys are going to come and they're going to be tough and they're going to hit hard and they're going to get everything they got to win that game, especially against BYU. Wyoming does not like BYU. So that's why I'm saying it's going to be a heated game. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Tanner Mangum is again thrust into the spotlight after a Taysom Hill injury, this time making his first start in Ty Detmer's pro-style offense. He does have Jamal Williams behind him. What do you expect from Tanner Mangum making his first start of the sophomore season in a bowl game scenario? You know, a little bit cliche, but I expect him to go out there and execute. You know, Tanner has all the abilities as a quarterback and uh, has all the tangibles that you want and uh, all, all the talents in the world. I think one of the knocks that I've kind of heard about him uh, last year and kind of going into this year is that he's had trouble uh, grasping the offense and really kind of understanding what's going on and being able to make all the checks and make all the right decisions in that offense. So I think this is a chance for Tanner to come out and show everybody that he's capable of doing that, capable of grasping this pro-style offense that um, Ty has put together and kind of give us a glimpse of, you know, what it's going to be like with him at quarterback for the next few years. So I think it's a big game for him, not just because it's a bowl game and to go win, but a chance for him to show, you know, that he can handle this offense and, you know, take over and be the leader of this team for the next few years. Give us an idea, since you played, uh, you know, in the NFL and had to learn multiple playbooks in high school, college, and, and in the pros, of what it's like to be a quarterback and have to learn a totally different system and how long that takes. Yeah, it, it just it totally depends. But um, the the best um, I had to do it two times because I actually ran a, a wing T style offense in high school. Winged T at Mountain View. At Mountain View. Did you drive and a Model T probably, too? Get out of here! Come on now. <laughs> hey, we took that wing T and went all the way to the ship with it. Okay, and I only threw the ball. I only threw the ball 15 times a game. Wow. Um, but, you know, I would a lot, a lot of my games I was 12 for 15 or something like that, and I'd have five touchdown passes. So <laughs> we had a really good team. But, you know, I had to go from being an under center uh, quarterback going to BYU, and I had to learn how to be a shotgun quarterback and, and learn uh, how to be a quarterback in that system. Then after BYU, I had to go back and learn a pro-style offense, West Coast, uh, deal in, in the NFL. So it, it takes work. Um, it takes time. But if, if you put in the study and the effort and work with your coaches, you can make it happen. And so Tanner's now had a chance to be in this all spring. He's had a chance to sit and learn summer and now the, this whole season. And I think he should be able to go out there and play and do well in this offense. And I guess we'll see in the bowl game.
Did John Beck have the same coaching staff and, and uh, philosophy? Did he run the wing tee before you at Mountain View? No. So the coach that John played for um, got let go after my sophomore year. And then I had a, a new coach come in for my junior and senior year. So um, that was a little bit. John ran the old school I formation, 22 blast and play action off of that, you know, smash mouth football. Gotcha. Basically, what you're telling us is you had it harder than John Beck, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, you got D1 scholarships off the wing tee. That's pretty good. I'm basically saying I had it way harder, and I'm a way better quarterback than John Beck is what I'm saying. Oh, we <laughs> love I'll talking. tell you one thing, though. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, though. If it wasn't for John Beck and being able to learn from him in high school and in college, I would not have had the career I had. So I can poke fun at John, but I owe a lot to that dude. Max Hall with us on BYU Sports Nation, an offensive coordinator now at Queen Creek American Leadership Academy, fresh off of a state championship. And because of that status, Max, we want to talk about what you think Ty Detmer has done as the offensive coordinator at BYU in his first year. How would you assess year number one with BYU's new offense? Yeah, I love what he's done. I'm really excited for for his offense and what it's going to do for the future of BYU um, and the program. And I've talked to some of the other coaches on the staff and some of the pay, uh, other people that are involved in everything, and they are also very excited and very impressed with um, Coach Detmer and, and what he's doing. And um, he's uh, got an unbelievable football mind. He's smart, understands the game really well, obviously playing all those years in the NFL. And um, so I, I, it's, exci- it's exciting. And I think once they get uh, some of the personnel that they need, there to really be good and successful at running that offense and as these guys continue to understand it it's just going to get better because you know a pro style offense is going to take a little bit longer to install in, in a college system um, it takes a little bit longer for guys to get a grasp on what to do and all the different checks and reads and stuff but once once they get it down um, I think Ty's smart enough and we'll have the players around and that it's going to be a really explosive offense for years to come. Do you like this idea? Uh, because it, uh, I think it makes sense. Uh, pre, when BYU was really good, they had this schematic, this u- unique scheme, right? Chuck the ball, five, you know, it, it was different. Um, now in college football, yeah. everyone's spread. Hardly any teams are kind of pro-style run it uh, down your throat. And it seems like, Max, BYU can recruit those kind of positions as opposed to uh, the spread guys. They, it's just a little harder to get them to come here. No, I, I totally agree, and it's always been harder to get some of the top, top elite athlete-type dudes um, to come to BYU so that you can run a spread offense because a spread offense is all about going fast. It's not, about, it's not a ton about scheme. It's just about hurry up and go, and let's find one-on-one matchups, and let's get the ball out of our hands and let our athletes make plays, right? A pro style is much more about scheme and execution and um, putting a lot on the quarterback, making checks, and then using the play-action game to get guys open downfield. Um, I think that that style offense and what Ty brings in the pass game as well is going to be perfect for the type of kids that are going to be coming to BYU. One week away from BYU and Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl, how is bowl game preparation different from regular season game preparation, Max? Um. Uh, it's different in a few ways. Number one, you kind of get you get a couple weeks to prepare. Um, so you get more time to go through everything and, and uh, scheme and do all that. Uh, it's also kind of a weird time in the school year. Lots of times you're taking tests and, and uh, 
finishing up classes and getting everything done. So there's, there's actually kind of a lot going on. So I think it's the teams that can stay focused, get the stuff done, um, make sure they're focused during practice, and then the week during the bowl game with all the distractions and interviews and activities and everything that goes on, it's a team that can stay focused on the game um, and, and go there, make it a, more of a business trip, go there to win a football game while enjoying the, all the festivities. So it's different, but what I liked about it is you got more time to prepare. You have a complete year of film on the team, and so you know I would expect BYU and, and Ty offensively to go in there with a great scheme and have some um, uh, good ideas for what to do against Wyoming. Speaking of distraction, uh, I, I want to confirm, I believe, a story you told us, but I, I'm trying to remember. We were thinking about San Diego and naturally Anchorman. Uh, so 2008 yes. at Utah, the direct snap to Harvey Unger that he scored on, you uh, d- deceive the defense by giving a signal to Austin Colley. Did you quote Anchorman again? <laughs> Will you remind us of that? Okay, first of all, this was highly confidential, so how did you hear about this? Because you told us on the air one time, I thought, or Austin did. Someone no, did. I didn't. It might did have been I? Austin. Did you just throw a burrito at me? Was it that line? Oh, geez. You know what? Okay, this is classic, all right? So there, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene in that movie where, uh, uh, where um, Ron Burgundy throws a burrito out his window and it hits Jack Black on a motorcycle, right? You remember this? <laughs> <laughs> so Jack, they stop and Jack Black comes up to the window and he goes, hey, bro. Did you just throw a burrito out your window? <laughs> so, so right in the middle of my cadence, I stop and I look over at Austin, and I and I gave that line to him. I said, "Hey, bro!" And he looks up at me and goes, "What?" And I start walking towards him and say, "Did you just throw a burrito at your?" And then the ball gets snapped and Harvey scores. <laughs> and we, at the at the time, at the time, we thought it was the coolest thing ever. So, if there was one positive thing that came out of the Utah game my junior year. <laughs> It would be it would be that play and quoting Anchorman for a touchdown pass against Utah. That's classic, yes. dude. It's so good. It's perfect. Is there anything greater than Max Hall quoting Ron Burgundy in the middle of the BYU Utah game to deceive the defense and score a touchdown? Maybe his rant after the game the next year. <laughs> I, I I don't know, but that's hilarious. Hashtag stay hilarious. Classy. Yeah. In the middle of the game, unbelievable. He said we thought it was so cool at the time. It was cool. still is. It is cool. Up next, a special holiday big deal, no deal, as part of our BYU Sports Station Best of Spectacular. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Studio B. Merry Christmas. Remember, if you miss an episode of this show, you can always watch the rebroadcast on BYU TV 6 p.m. Eastern. Coming up Thursday night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU opens up men's basketball. West Coast Conference play against Santa Clara. Check it out Thursday night, 9 Eastern. Go ahead and check that one off in the win column. <laughs> That's like the only one in conference where you're like, that is guaranteed. Check it off. That will be a win for Brigham. Check it and off. And hopefully never a loss ever. It's time, Jerem, for a holiday edition of Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. And this is the perfect time to uh, remind everyone why we have a dill pickle mm-hmm. ornament on the set. Yeah. Because uh, an ornament. It's on all year long. Back in the day, like uh, last year ago. maybe, or a few months ago, <laughs> <laughs> the Utah dialect that I own would come out when I said the word dill. But it's deal, right? 
You've worked with me a lot on You've that. learned so much. I know. Thank you. Thank right. you, OB Jerem. Padamore. <laughs> Number one. Big deal, no deal. 11 bowl games in the next three days. No deal. Here's why. Some of these stink. All right, let's look at some of these matchups. Army versus North Texas in the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Not watching Woo! that. Uh, the Cactus Bowl I'll watch. Boise State versus Baylor. Okay, that's a good matchup. Yeah, a good that's game. a good matchup. The Holiday uh, Bowl's good, too. I won't be watching the Foster Farms Bowl uh, with some <laughs> a pair of teams. Yeah, uh, who, who's playing in that, There's Jared? just not a lot of good matchups, so I go no deal. The fact that there's a lot of games, sure, I'll, I'll surf into them and out. And it's fun to have football on. That's a big deal. But these, the fact that there's 11 games on the next year, eh. A lot of these games stink. I, I kind of want to agree with you, but I'll tell you why it's a big deal to me. Because it is my escape when I'm surrounded <laughs> by a lot of family. Like, there's a football game on. I can watch it on my phone and get away. <laughs> I just need moments. I just need quiet <laughs> moments at some point in the day. Yes. And watching a college football game that – and I could care less about – a lot of these teams just Do you need to watch football. this game, Spencer? This is a big deal. Is that, is that a BYU game? Number You're two. always watching games, Spencer. Number two. <laughs> big deal, no deal. Putting on five pounds over the next week. I hope to. I need it. I want ten pounds of pure muscle. When people add weight in an athletic contest, it's, I'll, I'll say big deal. It's never five pounds of fat. It's always of muscle, like 100% pure muscle. I'm like, hey, no, you haven't been loading up on protein and working out. That's false. I say no deal because uh, when I set my New Year's resolution that lasts all of like seven days, I'll lose that five pounds. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right? (laughs) You'll sweat it out. Next. Big deal, no deal. The countdown to next Christmas, 364. No countdowns on this show until the right time, okay? Even if it's for Christmas. We know it's 364. It was yesterday, for goodness sake. And it was amazing. I'm waiting for someone to drop the, well, what about Portland's? No. No, 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 no. 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 It's not, we're not doing that. shouldn't have even said that because you planted the idea. Like Inception. We're not doing that. Going down into the dreams. Countdown. And then it surfaces with a dumb countdown to some team that BYU is playing in the future. Big deal, no deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. I'm surprised they didn't play the uh, you-know-what there. Yeah, yeah, I'm just don't. I'm really happy. <laughs> the mu- oh, the music started. We're going to break. This is fantastic. <laughs> Up next, our Merry Christmas rise and shout for all to hear. Plus more of Jerem's Christmas sweater. You're always watching games, Spencer. Get off your phone. (laughs) Enjoy the family. (laughs) Beat to the wide to the U Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. We hope Christmas is great for everybody. Here we are the day after, enjoying hanging out with family and friends and good food. Oh, man. Love it. Hope so everyone enjoyed food. the show, too. That's, listen, this is as good as the BYU Sports Nation show gets with guests. Steve Young, Jamal Williams, and Max Hall. Two that, of, hey, that's pretty good. Two of the goats and a woat, right? And two goats and a woat. <laughs> I don't think Steve Young's the greatest of all time at BYU. Pro player, yes. Absolutely. That's another conversation. Hey, it's December 26th. We've got 
the whole yeah, holiday. Mark that down for July 13th. July 13th, we'll talk about we'll, it. Okay. We will discuss pencil, that pencil in the middle that in. of the okay. dead put on period. My phone. <laughs> There's no, no dead period for football. us, man. That's true. Uh, let's give out a rise and shout. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Jerem? BYU Athletics. One, it's great to work with everyone there, Tom Homo and his entire staff, the teams, the coaches, the players, the trainers. We do all these games, and it's all these interviews. It's so fun. So BYU Athletics, love it. Let's look at it this way, Jerem. They're the Blue Goggles. We have a job because of BYU Athletics. Yeah. I'd be right? a ra- I would be a radio DJ if uh, – 